This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Good Sunday afternoon, everybody, and we welcome you to the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. We thank you for making us a part of your Sunday afternoon. And for the next couple of hours, Tom, Joe, and I will try to entertain you. And bring you up to date on what's going on in the world of sports. We will have company joining us today. We always have an open-door policy, so we have company joining us at 1.30. Ian Begley, outstanding reporter and NBA insider for SNY, will join us. He'll wade through some of this Nick and Net stuff and stuff that's going on around the NBA. And, of course, we will begin with a little baseball. Now, I don't know if you've been following, but we have been, uh, and we hope to have some news, because Aaron Boone's pregame press conference is now 30 minutes late and counting. <laughs> Quoting my colleague Chris Berman, tick, 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 tick. And that ticking could be a decision on Josh Donaldson. Yes. Who told reporters, according to Brian Hoke, who does a great job covering MLB. I mean, and the Yankees, especially when I was on the Yankee beat, he was tremendous. A lot of respect for him and what he does and his, and his, you know, his reporting. So he says that uh, when the guys went to talk to Josh Donaldson, Donaldson said, don't have time about you. See ya. Could that be? Could that mean that there is a move to be made for Josh Donaldson? No truth to the rumor that my weekly partner, Gordon Damer, is at Yankee Stadium ready to drive Donaldson to the airport in the event that uh, he is leaving. Tried to ring Gordon, no answer. So maybe I ain't even going to hang up. He even answered. (laughs) He even picked up the phone. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. That would be better news than what the Yankees found out yesterday. Even, Even when the Yankees win, they lose. Even when they win, they lose. And listen, all the positives about Severino yesterday who pitched great. If you could get anything close to this Luis Severino for the rest of the season, Yankee fans will have a better view of their starting pitching rotation. Okay? But the news that Aaron Boone gave yesterday concerning Aaron Judge, not good. We find out now that Judge has a ligament tear in his toe. The Yankee skipper weighs in on how severe that tear is. I mean, I don't know a level. I mean, yeah, strain, sprain, which is a tear. I mean, the reality is he's just not yet at a level where he can play. My dealings and conversations that I have regularly with Aaron is feels like he's getting better every day, able to do a little bit more each and every day, but not to the point where, you know, obviously he's running or doing full baseball stuff yet. So, you know, we just got to continue to wait and get him there. He's obviously as tough as they come. You know, he wants to be back out there so we'll just keep trying to get him healed and and treated and you know hope for the best absolutely Aaron Boone speaking to the media said quote in a long conversation with Josh Donaldson just him and I talking I'm sorry it spilled over we're good we're on the same page end of quote hmm not exactly what Yankee fans were hoping for (laughs) unless well there's a number of things that could have gone this way because here's, here's the thing, just speculation, just speculation on my part. And we'll hear from Aaron Boone on Judge's absence in a second. Just speculation. You had all morning to talk to him. Right, why would you talk now? I'm just curious, I'm just saying. 
unless something is eminent, unless there have been discussions to say, listen, if this guy doesn't turn some things around, we got to move on. I'm just saying, there's a reason why you would talk to him this morning. You'll talk to him yesterday after the game. You're going to talk to him. You're going to call him on the phone and say, listen, as soon as you get in, let's talk. And maybe that's what happened. But that's a long, that's a long conversation. Fascinating. The Yankees struggle offensively. That's no news. Again, yesterday, one run. One. So, Aaron Boone, how do you weather Judge's absence? He's out right now. So, I mean, just trying to obviously get him well and, and back as soon as possible. But, no, whether whether we had a defined you know day where he'd be back in, the reality is we're, we're without him right now, and we've got to find a way to, to get it done. And, again, we have the people in there to get it done. We just got to do a better job right now of, you know, putting pressure on, on the opposing pitchers and defense. There's no question about that. And that's that's obvious. That's something you know. That's something you're waiting for if you're the Yankee front office, right? That, that's what you're trying to figure out. Who's going to be that person to step up and carry this team? Now, nobody is saying that this is a World Series lineup. They may think so, but it's not a World Series lineup. And right now, the blunt honesty is it's not hitting like a World Series lineup. So even if you think it's a World Series lineup, that's not what you're getting right now. Stanton has been as bad as you can imagine coming off an injury. And I know he's got history. I understand that you've seen him rise from the ashes like the Phoenix. There's a long drought that it takes him to get back into the swing of things. And then when he does, it happens. But the fact of the matter is, the older a player gets, sometimes that learning curve or hitting curve or getting back in the groove curve extends. And it's been a while for him now. I mean, there was some insane numbers for four, some 448 or something crazy like that. So I, I, I'm not real sure what's, what's, what the answer is. And then to further quote Brian Hoke from Aaron Boone speaking on Donaldson, quote, this is Boone. He's going to play a lot. I know there's a lot in there. I just want to get him going because I know he could be a key figure for us. Okay, but what have you seen to make you think that this is going to happen now? The Josh Donaldson that you are talking about is a Josh Donaldson that the Yankee fans have not seen with him in the Yankee uniform. How do you know there's a lot in there? How can you be sure? Is the bat speed gone? What is What makes you think? that Josh Donaldson is the guy that's going to get hot all of a sudden, all of a sudden, and and make a difference in this Yankee offense. I mean, at least Stanton has a track record of doing that. At least you can look and see Stanton struggle but take over this offense and go on the tear where you can't get him out, where it's almost home run every single at-bat. Or hitting the ball hard somewhere. If it's not a home run, it's a hard hit. You haven't seen that from Donaldson? Come on, you haven't. And I'm not trashing him. I don't know him. I'm just saying, look at the stats. This is a production business, ladies and gentlemen. He's not producing. To be honest, he doesn't belong in the lineup. 
But what? They have no choice. They've got to put him out there. They've got to send the guys out there with the track record because guess what? <laughs> the Bowers and the guys who are hitting right now, the McKinney's, those guys, they eventually, they, they can hit in spots the way they're doing and they're keeping the Yankees afloat. But that's not going to last forever. Come on, you guys know that. Because if it did, they you wouldn't have gotten them. <laughs> They'd be a regular on a major league team somewhere. And yeah, this is what the Yankees do when you talk about bench players. Yeah, this is what they do. This has been really one of the strongest attributes of what Brian Cashman does. It's bullpen and it's depth. Usually, those are his key things. Signing free agent pitchers, eh. Trading for pitchers, eh. But depth, bullpen, young arms, and depth on the on the roster, usually, those are his strong points. He's been the most successful with those things. And those things are keeping the Yankees afloat right now. But for me to sit back and hear, we're going to play Josh Donaldson a lot? Who's being booed on every pitch? Because how bad he's been? I mean, this is obviously for me. If they're doing that, what they're saying is if he doesn't, and here's the thing if he doesn't produce, how are you going to get rid of him? You can't, you can't trade him. It's not, he's untradeable at this point. He'd have to go away of, of Aaron Hicks. You have to designate him for assignment. Goodbye. It would be addition, addition by subtraction because he has not been good. He's not been good. And there is more pressure on this lineup because guess what? Now you have no clue when Aaron Judge is coming back. No clue. Torn ligament? Torn ligament in his toe. Still feeling pain. Yes, he's able to do more stuff, but still feeling pain? Can't play? So, all-star break? No. I don't think so. So what do you do now? 1-800-919-3776. We'll take your phone calls and we'll talk about the Mets as well on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, it's funny. The guys and I were talking during the break. Remember with this Josh Donaldson trade when it first happened, right? Oh, he's a he's going to come in. He's going to ruffle. Give this Yankee team an edge. You're just going to come in here. and No, not not an edge by choking Garrett Cole. But we mean an edge. You're just going to give this team an edge. You know, maybe they're a little, a little too friendly. You know, Donaldson, then mix it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even mix up. A, he can't even mix it up in the batting cage. Stop. How bad has this trade been? This trade has been awful. It's been awful. I mean, you've got a catcher that's always injured in this trade. And, I mean, Ankef has been at least salvageable. You know, he, he didn't do what you needed him to do last season to the point that you couldn't start him in the postseason. I mean, he's, he's actually been better this season as a super utility guy. Still a nice job in spots defensively, playing positions he never played before. I know I respect for what he's been able to do. And he's made some content. He's produced a little bit. But that trade's been awful. You would have been better off saying to Gary Sanchez, goodbye, see ya. You would have been. It would have been better. 
than to get really three guys who haven't produced the way you thought they would. I don't know what you expected from Rodrick. I don't, I don't know what you did. But he hasn't he's played a game and a half. He hasn't been around long enough to get a Yankeeography. He hasn't played. This has been, it's, it's been bad. And you're telling me, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know what's happening down on the Yankee farm. But you're telling me there is nobody, there is nobody younger that you could bring up to see what they could do? You mean LeMahieu is that bad that you don't want to play him at third every day to see if you can get him going? Yeah, I know he hasn't been raking it. But he's made, he looks better than Donaldson at the plate. Everybody's looked better than Donaldson at the plate. And you're still going to try them out there? Because, I mean, he, he I guess his trade value can't drop because he has none. I mean, vote of confidence. We, we love you. We know what's in there. Listen, you, you got to get going. We need you. You know, pat him on the back, you know, make sure don't let the fans bother you, you know, you know how fans are, they're emotional, but we know you We you have our utmost support, front office loves you, ah, yada, 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 yada. Sometimes a vote of confidence is the worst thing a player or manager can get, or coach. Because that means <laughs> you're, about to, you're about to be out of here, buddy. And you can't blame him. You can't. He's not produced. It's plain and simple. I mean, and now with you having no, there was no timetable before. There clearly is no timetable for when you're getting Aaron Judge back. I mean, the Yankee season could be over as far as postseason is concerned. It could be. I mean, unless something that we can't foresee happens. The way this team has produced, the way they've played offensively. And I know the bullpen has been the savior. I know you're getting Rodon back. I know you're getting, you know, Loisaga back. I know you're getting some pieces back pitching-wise. But to be honest, pitching has been or decent. It's been pretty good. Cole has been outstanding. Herman, before his last two starts, have been pretty good. Yeah, I know you, Severino has not been what you've asked for, but listen, he's coming back. I mean, this is his, what, April? Middle of the end of April right now for him? With the injury and the late start? It's a month or two, it's a month, a month and a half behind everybody else. So, you know, yesterday, maybe this is him going forward. Clark Smith has gotten better. He's not giving you a hundred, giving up a hundred runs a game as he did in the beginning of the season. And I know you've got some trust issues with, you know, Holmes and company, but they they've pitched well. Michael King has not been what you thought, but nonetheless, this is not about the Yankee pitching. This is about the Yankee hitting. And you don't have to follow the team every day to look at that box score and know that they are struggling without Aaron Judge. And nobody's picking up that slack of the folks you would think would. Take your phone calls in a minute. Let's talk Mets. 
All right, so the Mets found a way to win the game yesterday. And, um, I mean, the Mets found a way to lose the game yesterday. And so what I'm trying to figure out here with this team is this. When am I going to get a scenario where, um, and yesterday's situation with David Robertson and, and, you know, finding a way to beat them has been great. Because really, let's face it, the Mets have not played well. We suck. Yeah. From top to bottom. And while this would be a really nice series win to get after losing 5-1 in the opener, but behind Maxi yesterday, getting a win, that's good. They need this win. They need this series. Because, I mean, and the Mets have owned Philly. I mean, they won the series 4-1 so far this year. Seeing Philadelphia was really kind of hopeful. You kind of, you you were kind of, as a Mets fan, you were kind of leaning towards, hey, listen, we've played them, we've had their number, like maybe we could get a sweep out of this. So if they lose today, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. And, you know, this is not a, a matchup that you think is, overwhelmingly in your favor. I mean, I don't know what I'm getting from Carlos Carrasco today. Two and three, 6.34 ERA. Doesn't go deep. I mean, he's gone deep a couple of times, but most of the time this season has not. And Zach Wheeler has pitched really well against the Mets. He has. He loves tormenting his former team. So, you know, I mean, over the last 10 games, Phillies have been the hotter team. They won seven out of 10. Now, one of the players that was driving Met fans crazy who is no longer here is Eduardo Escobar. And um, (laughs) he was happy to get to L.A., wasn't he? Two for four with an RBI and a walk last night as the Angels win against the Rockies. Now, I will say this. The Met offense has not exactly been raking it either. They've had some moments, okay? They've had some moments, to be fair. But we all we all talk about them needing another bat in the lineup. And while Escobar was struggling, and Brett Beatty had been a guy that has shown you youth and exuberance, quick bat, gotten on base, he, he's slowed down over in the past week or two, recent weeks. So while I understand folks were very happy to say, all right, goodbye, Escobar, let's get him out of here. He's not playing. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. He's, he's struggling. He wasn't really hitting. That's why he got on the bench. I, I still kind of wanted to keep him around just to see if I could make him part of another deal that might be a little bigger. That was just me. But nevertheless, he's gone. So now, let's see what happens with this team. 
Sometimes you do something like that, especially to a player where, you know, Francisco Lindor said this was like the best teammate he's ever had. So maybe you do that and it kills two birds with one stone. It sends a message to the, to the clubhouse that we're not happy with what's going on here. And what it also does is it says we add and get a, you know, some young players that we hopefully will be, uh, which is part two of Steve Cohen's plan for the Mets is to rebuild the farm system. So maybe we get some young talent here that we can help replenish our farm system and send a message and have addition by subtraction again. But when you look at where the Mets are and you just, you, you figure out where that this was once again, last year, a 101 win team. And right now, they are closer to Washington than they are to Atlanta. That their run differential, which is funny, uh, the run differential is still minus. It's funny, the run differential between the Marlins, Phillies, and Mets are all the same, minus 17. It's crazy. I mean, Atlanta is is just statistically running away with the division, but they only have a six-game lead over Miami after winning nine of their last ten. And it's just, you, you just look at this team and you're like, what? when are they going to wake up? Are they going to wake up? And I told you last week, it's not about playoffs. It's not about that. I'm just trying to get a series of games that this team can put together. And Scherzer said it yesterday. We got to pitch well. We got to hit well. We got to play well. If they can get, to use a football term, all, in this case, four phases, hitting, fielding, pitching, and doing the little things. If they can get all those phases together and put a couple of games together, that's all I'm looking for for this team right now. That's all I'm looking for because I don't know if they can do it. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if they can do it. It's a good win here. It's a bad win there. It's one step forward, five steps back. It's, it has been as frustrating a season so far as you can imagine. Can it turn around? Yeah, could. They're going to have an unbelievable second half. But just looking at the team right this minute, I don't see it. Can they build on yesterday's win? Hopefully, maybe they will. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter, at HardestyESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7FM. Hey, listen up, baseball fans. ESPN New York is giving you the chance to score an amazing road trip. Mm-hmm. An amazing road trip and travel with the home team when New York visits Boston. You and a guest could catch a game and enjoy round-trip train tickets, two-night hotel accommodations, and 200 bucks in spending money. For official rules and to enter, visit the ESPN New York app and click on Travel with the Home Team. That's right. Two-night hotel accommodations and 200 bucks in spending money. It's all brought to you by our friends, the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1-800-919-3776. By the way, let me say this before I get to the calls. I'm really enjoying Michael K. Doing a tremendous job. Early. Early. Not early there. Not early, early here. Not early there. Doing a great job covering the uh, Cubs Cardinals London broadcast. On Tiwi. Yeah. He, A-Rod, and the legend, Tim Kirchner. Ah, doing a great job. Doing a great job. Off to the phones we go. Spike is in St. Pete. Hey, Spike, start us off on the Larry Hardesty Show. Yeah, well, I, I want to start off by saying on the baseball, which I'm starting to peek in on because there's no more basketball. You know, it seems like these contracts on the back end of the old gold watch, you know, the golden parachute at the end of the contract, contrary to, uh, you know, your first love, my first love with the NBA, where the expiring contract <laughs> is valuable. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so you have to eat the money, and if you're right in your uh, prediction that they're sitting them down, something will be moved. They're going to have to pay most of the salary. It's obvious. But it's shocking to me how fast these guys lose it. You know, I, I guess when you make that much money, I know there was a lot of criticism uh, in, in both parties. Bucket said uh, he's proud of them, and then the Yankee manager, you know, Boone is – you know, he's there for a specific reason. He's a good guy. He's a calming influence. He's not a flamethrower. But it's just I look at all these contracts, and uh, even the Mets third baseman that they moved. Look at who they moved. J.D. Yeah. J. moved J.D. Davis. He's, he's mm-hmm. playing great for the Giants. Yeah. It's changes scenery. Right. It always works uh, for a little bit, and then they level off. I, for uh, kicks and giggles, I was looking at Joey Gallo. He's got a lot of home runs, <laughs> but he's still hitting 180, you know. That's him. But, it, it's what it is. Uh, I, I thought Scherzer, I watched part of that game. I got this new package one of my boys got for me. I, I zoomed in on everything. And Scherzer looked pretty good the other night. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it, so like I told you last week, uh, when it shifted over to baseball primarily, I, you know, if you if you play it right and you get into the playoffs and, and maybe they have 22 or 23 of 25 starts each, Verlander and Scherzer, because you mentioned to me, you said you like where Verlander was better, preferred than Scherzer. I wonder if you re- reevaluated that at this point. And lastly, look, you don't want baseball to be over this soon. Well, you and I have summer league, but that's two weeks. So, uh, you know, hopefully they get their acts together. But it's sloppy baseball, Larry. Mm-hmm. I watched, uh, you know, Nimmo is a good leadoff guy and all, and I thought he picked up his fielding. But he's made some boneheaded plays the last few days. What do you think? He has, Spike, and thanks for the phone call. He he really has. He struggled. This is not the Brandon Nimmo in the field. I'd say the past two weeks, either in the field or base running mistakes, he, he's not been good. And it's been symptomatic of the way that team has played really all year. And – it's more, it's not really the hitting for me, but if, if there was, and I don't advocate for Buck to be gone, but if there were, you talk about some of the slippage from last season, that's been it. This was a buttoned up, crisp, for the most part, a team that played crisp baseball, didn't make mistakes, and, and this year they have not been the same. Uh, I would still say to you that, and, and yet Verlin, um Scherzer was really good yesterday, but for me, I still think that Verlander has been a little bit ahead of Scherzer, even though he started later, because he's just he's just had better control of his stuff. So we'll see. Maybe they're both rounding into shape, and that would be a great thing. 
Listen, that's what this is about for this team. If these two guys don't produce, this is going to be a tough go for the Mets. A tough go. And once again, it is really a team that is set for the postseason. If you can put, and I get it, I don't expect them to be Cy Young, Verlander, and Scherzer. I don't expect them to be that every outing. Okay, They can't do it. They're older pitchers. All right, but if they can be a representative of themselves during the regular season like that, and then in the postseason, give me some sprinkles of the Hall of Famers, I'm good. That's what I'm looking for. But to be fair, I haven't gotten that from Scherzer. I haven't. I got a a, a poor performance last year along with uh, DeGrom and others in Atlanta in the battle for first place. I didn't get a representative performance from him in the quick outing against San Diego. And starting this year, I've not gotten it. Didn't get it against Atlanta this year. So I need him to give me that next step. And he hasn't done it yet. Verlander, same thing. But Verlander has shown me more. Had a bad game against Colorado, awful. All right? Pitched well against the Yankees. I, Larry, everybody pitched well against the Yankees. I get it. But still. The Yankees are still nine, eight, nine games over 500. Mets haven't sniffed 500 since the beginning of June. All right? So I can compare. Haven't sniffed 500. So, that, you know, I need both of them to be their best. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, what's happening? Hey, Uncle, what's going on, bro? Everything is good, man. What's happening? Hey, listen, you know, you, you said something that was very funny in your opening. <laughs> you said IKF is doing better this year as a utility guy. <laughs> yeah, was that what he was acquired for? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing is an absolute mess. And you know what? I- I'll be honest with you. Anybody who's shocked or surprised, fans, Hal Steinbrenner included, let- let's cut it out. If Judge didn't get hurt, this team would be maybe – five games better than where they are. They're not a World Series team, and everybody knew that coming in. They were one round in the playoffs team, and, you know, the, the stuff that there's so much that's going wrong here that, you know, when I hear Hal Steinbrenner say there's going to be some tough questions to ask, who's he asking those questions to himself? Like, Brian Cashman should have been going five years ago. Everybody knows that. You know, the, the, the players that they acquired and the players that they've held on to, listen, Volpe, Nice kid, nice story. If that's the crown jewel of your farm system, first of all, the farm system is not in the place where it needs to be. That's number one. But that they were before before anybody saw him, he was the highest value prospect that they could trade. Right. So you know you don't get a guy, you don't make that real assertive push to get Juan Soto, and I don't care what his batting average is. Judge needed another player. With Even with Rizzo coming, they still needed another player. And for them not to do that, I mean, I, like I said, with House Steinberg, there's going to be some tough questions to ask. What are you going to do, fire Aaron Boone, the sacrificial lamb? Like, he's really the cause of all. He's not the best manager, but he doesn't have the best talent either. You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you know, for, for um, IKF and, and Donaldson, you know, and I hate to say this, I'm not saying that I wanted him. You could have stayed with Sanchez mm. and just had him be a DH or something. Those two guys were an absolute waste of a pickup. The other guy in Seattle, 
I, I can't remember his name half the time because he hasn't played so much. With Montoff? Yeah. Another disastrous signing. I mean, come on. Anybody who did have Steinbrenner included. I found that interview. People were like, yeah, well, he spoke to us, and he, he agrees to come on. He agreed to come on and say what? Are you telling me water's wet? You understand what I'm saying? This is a bad team, bro. A, it's a good, bad team, if that makes any sense to you. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. enough to get to the playoffs. Ain't going nowhere once they get there. Peace out, my brother. Love you, man. All right, Buddha. Thanks for checking in. Let me give you uh, – here's some numbers. Okay, here's some numbers. Uh, let's see. This player, 2015, and I'm not going to talk about averages because, we, you know, averages don't mean a thing in baseball today. Okay, so let's do, let's do OPS. Let's do OPS. All right? 2015, 939 OPS. 2016, 953 OPS. 2017, 944 OPS. 2018, uh, injury-shortened season. Didn't have a lot. So OPS dropped 757. More injuries in 2018. Uh, OPS 920. Um, 2019, 900. 2020, 842, 2021, 827. Last two years, 682 and 603. Just Donaldson. And his on-base has been just, I mean, this year, his on-base is the lowest of his career. Okay? The only time he had a lower OPS is when he played 2010 against when he played for Oakland in 2010, his OPS in 14 games. I mean, his on-base percentage, I'm sorry. His on-base percentage in 14 games was 206. His on-base percentage this season, 197. 197. On-base, 197. He gets to play more. He's had eight hits in 64 bats. And six of the eight have been home runs. But we're going to send him back out there. Because he's due. Conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Hardesty on the Sunday on 98.7 ESPN. Been talking a little baseball. Once again at 1.30, we'll be joined by Ian Begley, who does a tremendous job as the SNY NBA insider, and I got some questions for him. So, for you comic fans, riddle me this. You have issues with Obi Toppin, so you signed his younger brother. <laughs> is he going to play more than his brother? <laughs> Which brother is going to play less? <laughs> or, or you just need to top it on your roster? I mean, you got to be kidding me. 
I'm going to just say it. What, what are you doing? <laughs> and I get these two-way contracts. I get talent. You can never have talent. All right, let's take a look at it. I get it. I get it. But I just, I, I, don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I, understand the, listen, I understand the whole idea of this is what we need to do. We're exploring every avenue to see talent. And this kid, Kentucky, you know, really stepped up. Uh, maybe I haven't seen a lot of him, so maybe his jumper is a little better than Obi or whatever the situation is. You're gonna look at him, but I mean, I, I just, I, I just, I just can't figure it out. I, out of all the, he must be pretty good, I would think, right? But are you gonna play him? And see, it begs the question for this Nick team front office. When you make moves, obviously you want to get better. That's that's a given. But you're looking at already a Boston team that's better. I would expect that, and I know Buddha's ecstatic at hearing that uh, Harris is possibly on the trading block. I mean... There's a toast going on when Buddha pulls off to the side of the road. <laughs> he wants Harris out of he wants Harris out of there. So I know he's very happy about that possibility. So I think with Nick Nurse, they're going to be better, right? Miami's going to do something. It may not be Lillard, but they're going to do something to get better. And, you know. What are you what are you going to do? What's the move that you have to make? All right? And how big of a gamble are you willing to take? These are just some of the questions that the Nick Front Office has to make. Now, are 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 we surprised that they are saying goodbye to Derrick Rose? Possibly? No. No. You knew. I mean, he didn't play at all that didn't play much at all last year. So you knew what that was going to happen. Are they going to resign him to a lower contract? I don't think so. I think his career is done. And there's other teams that he could go to where he would hopefully be an asset. Okay? But nevertheless, um, could maybe Hart slide into that cap and they make a do? So Ian Begley will have a, you know, we'll, we'll quiz Ian Begley on those questions at 1.30 when he joins us. Back to the phones we go. Mike is in Carmel. Mike, you're next on 98.7. Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Thanks for taking the call. You got it. What's up, Mike? Uh, I'm calling to see uh, what I would like to see the Knicks do to kind of improve themselves this season. And okay. uh, I, I would like to see them get Brooke Lopez, make a real good push to get Brooke Lopez. Okay. You know, I think that he's a fit and an upgrade. And then uh, we can use either uh, Robinson or if it's uh, Obi and a couple picks maybe to try to get another uh, shooter for for them. All right. And I I think uh, if we do that, I mean, if I just look at games one and six against Miami and you substitute uh, Lopez in there for Mitchell, you know, I think we're looking at least a game seven back in the garden, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's really, I think, with his versatility, the fact that he can score underneath, the fact that he does play defense, 
um, I think I think he's a fit and an upgrade for us, and uh, I'd be ready to go to battle if we, if they were able to pull that stuff off. All right, Mike, I hear you. Thanks for the phone call. Brooke Lopez is an interesting player at this stage of his career, and he just seems, to be honest, I would be surprised if Milwaukee let him go. Uh, I think they're going to resign him, just my personal opinion. We'll see what Ian Begley thinks when, when he joins us, but I think they will resign him, but he would be an interesting addition to this team. Yes, he has some age. Yes, he doesn't run up and down the court quickly like, uh, you know, you, you're not going to push the tempo with him. But his ability to hit the three does stretch the floor. He does play D. There's no question. I, I just, I just, he would be, he would definitely be an upgrade. I just can't wrap my head around it because I really don't think Milwaukee's going to let him go. I think they're going to try to bring this nucleus back at least until uh, Giannis's contract is up. So if they don't get there this uh, this time next year, if they have not won a championship or did not get to where they need to go or had an early exit in the postseason and nothing was crazy, like this year where Giannis missed a couple of games, not taking anything away from Miami, but Giannis missed a couple of games and that was the difference. Um, then maybe I could see them making changes. I even, I've even seen some stories on the web about uh, you know Chris Middleton being that they're not, not going to do that. They were they were a Giannis injury from from at least getting back to the finals. They were a Giannis injury from having that opportunity. And now that Boston has added Porzingis. I mean, I, that's really more of a scenario where you would want to keep Brook Lopez because he he's comfortable away from the basket. He he doesn't, you know, he could and Porzingis would have to move away from the basket to defend him. So in the, in in a in a couple of ways, that really kind of benefits them to keep him on because right now you would have to say if if everybody stayed the same. And we know that's not going to happen. But if everybody stayed the same right now, you would say that a Boston-Milwaukee Eastern Conference is not out of the question. With all due respect to Miami, like I said, I know they're going to do something. With all due respect to Philly, because I know they're going to do something. The Knicks are going to do something. I'm just not sure what it is. But that would be my guess as to what you would see going forward. So for them to move Lopez, I'm not sure they will. But, Mike, I like the move. I could see him coming here, and and you're right. He would spread the floor. He would give you a scoring. He does play D, uh, and you could then move Robinson, you know, or Hardenstein for somebody else that you package with Obi or whoever you're going to package him with and move on to get somebody else. So it, it is a curious move. It would be. I am uh, interested to see what they're going to do. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 we got more phone calls to talk to you about. We also will uh, come back and uh, have some more conversation and keep you updated on what's going on in the Bronx on 98.7 ESPN.